<laughs> Guys, I can't fucking wait to see that movie. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And this week, we are bringing you a very special feature. Oh, yes. yes. We're going to play a fun little game of Mary Fuck Kill. I cannot wait to watch this movie again. It's just so fucking weird. We're about to hit the dance floor at Jackrabbit Slims because we've got that Saturday night fever, baby. I loved this movie too. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I just pray that Green Book doesn't win this. Oh picture. god, I know. That- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we either feature a new release and delve into our weekend entertainment, focus in on a performer's career, or buy an extra large popcorn and do a double feature. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And this week, Bello, we're wrapping you in a silk scarf worn by Grace Kelly herself. <laughs> we will pour a glass of Barolo and sip it in the garden of our palace in Milano. <laughs> You want to ski? It's okay. We'll hit the slopes of Samaritz with the others on the jet set. You want fashion, style, rich, decadent, luxury? Is this the house of Versace? No. The house of Prada? No. Mute, you sit down. This is the house of Gucci. (laughs) So good. No, I love that. Oh, God. Based on Sarah Gay Forden's 2000 book entitled The House of Gucci, A Sensational Story of Murder, Madness, Glamour, and Greed, this film is directed by Ridley Scott and stars Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, and Jared Leto. Jared Leto. <laughs> House of Gucci tells the story of Patrizia Reggiani. That's Gaga. She's from a working class family, but she's got ambitions, baby. And when she meets Maurizio Gucci, that's Adam Driver, she recognizes that famous last name and knows he's her golden ticket. But life at the top isn't all glamour, honey. Especially when you pay the price of admission with betrayal and revenge. How's of Gucci? Asks the question. (laughs) What's the cost of a ticket to the top? And in the world behind the velvet rope, can an outsider really ever find their place at the VIP table? (laughs) First impressions, Helen. Yes, I saw this this afternoon. Uh, a lot of the conversation around this film has been the fact that Lady Gaga spoke in this Italian accent for nine months or something <laughs> leading up to the filming of this movie. Uh, she spoke in the accent all the time. And then right away, the beginning of the movie, we get a voiceover from uh, Lady Gaga. And so immediately I'm focusing in on the accent. And I thought it sounded pretty good. Yeah. For me, too, I think like my first impression was one of uh, nervous apprehension coming Mm. into this movie because I really wanted it to be good. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that it had gotten mixed reviews and I just love Gaga. So I wanted Mm. to, you know, see Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, that voiceover at the beginning, Gaga, it was a name synonymous with wealth, with (laughs) style. The way that she said yeah. style, it was like style. Like she heard <laughs> it, I died. And, but it was cursed. And then, I, I don't know what an authentic Italian accent is, but this sounded great to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sinclair? Yeah, same. I was a bit apprehensive as well. And when the film opens, it's Lady Gaga doing this accent right away. <laughs> so that's what kicks the film off. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you're watching this with Patricia's narration and I was I was here for it at, mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film for sure. I 
do think that this could have had a more exciting opening mm-hmm. for sure, especially visually. But it's Gaga. She's already giving it 100%. Mm-hmm. So that was enough to keep me curious at the start of the film for sure. Yeah. Does Gaga ever not give 100 million percent? I no. know. No, yeah. she n- never. And that's why you just can't help but root for her no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Well, do we want to start with storytelling? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, in terms of storytelling, I felt that the narrative of this film was all over the place. Mm -hmm. I thought that it started really strong, actually. I was really pulled in. And at the beginning, I think it's because the focus is on the couple. Right. And... I actually think that that's the actual tragic story here is the relationship between Patrizia Mm. and Maurizio. Right. But we don't really get into the subtleties of how it changed Mm. and Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. was like motivating their decisions. So instead, once their relationship kind of starts going wrong, once it breaks in the film, the movie starts to focus on the kind of other things surrounding it, the family Mm -hmm. drama Mm -hmm. and the the Gucci brand and these side characters rather than the central relationship, yes. which is actually the what hooked us at the beginning of the yes. film. Well, yeah. And the most interesting <laughs> part of the story is their relationship and the crime. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the storytelling failed. Yes. Fundamentally. Yes. For me. Guys, I didn't know anything about this story. Mm. At all. At all. Mm. I had no idea what this was going to be about other than Gucci, obviously. I didn't know that she killed him. Like, not, I didn't oh my know God, anything. Amazing. Yeah, as it started, I'm like, okay, I'm into this romance. And, and I started to think like, oh, she's going to be the woman that like brings Gucci to the top. And it's going to be like the success story inspiration. Like, I, I just didn't know. <laughs> oh my God, I had amazing. no idea, which is clearly not what the story is. And I think, you know, probably 95% of people that go to see this actually know what the story is. Um, but not knowing that made it even more convoluted that's fascinating actually right. yeah yeah because this this movie just doesn't know what it wants to be is it a is it a romance is it a thriller is it a like rags to riches story is it a dark comedy like what it, it's tonally trying to be so many things and it's not really achieving any of them mm-hmm. yeah and some movies can do that and it's cool but this is not one of them yeah and i feel like you would be pretty disappointed at the end to have that information thrown at you so quickly yeah that she hires well i'm like to oh, kill him and then kind of the movie ends <laughs> well yeah, I'm yeah. Like, that's that's so interesting i know yeah. how yeah. did they fuck this up because it's actually like such an interesting story i know yeah. it's fascinating yeah uh, yeah, agreed. I think that storytelling is one of the weakest aspects mm-hmm. of this film. It's very linear, which mm. is really disappointing considering all the different ways you can tell this story. Mm-hmm. It's very A to B storytelling where I, you know, I think that if there had been some more interesting editing choices to break up how straightforward this mm-hmm. was, it might have given a li- little bit more energy to it. Ridley Scott is not an experimental filmmaker at all. He's not really even necessarily interested in showing the fashion element of this film either, which, you know, it, this is a world of high fashion and passion and power and greed and crime and, you need to have a little bit of art house in there, a little right. bit of experimenting to quicken the pace and, oh, and yeah. add some 
thrill to this. It's a story of murder. It's a story (laughs) of passion. Yeah. And what I think to to go to your point as well, Helen, about the tonal Mm. thing, I think I said to you after Mm. Sinclair, like, Okay, if this had have been a Scorsese film, right. it would have been amazing. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. If this had been a Baz Luhrmann film, mm. it would have been amazing. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even a, a Motivar. An a Motivar yeah. film yeah. would have been incredible. We needed somebody with a really distinctive visionary style to tell mm-hmm. this story in the way that it needed to be told, considering all of the really dramatic elements in, involved. Yeah. And Ridley Scott dialed this one in. Oh, God. He phoned it in. This is a paint-by-numbers yeah. filmmaking, but, like, not even. <laughs> yeah. And I think Ridley Scott is a good director in the sense that I think he is very capable. He's incredibly prolific. He's His movies are, are technically good, but... I also think he experiments with different genres and there's some genres that I just don't think he masters. And I just don't think that this was the right subject matter for him. It it worked with all the money in the world because right. that film was very cold and greed was explored in a, a cold way, right. if that makes sense, where this film is hot. Hot. Should be. Mm. Well... I mean, I'm getting a little bit of deja vu because we had a very similar conversation to this one when we discussed The Last Duel, also directed by Ridley Scott, Mm -hmm. trying to tackle bringing in like a Me Too aspect into this uh, medieval story and it didn't work and he wasn't the right director to tell that story and it feels like the same thing here. Yeah, I think that this is a capable film. It has moments that are funny mm-hmm. and also you know celebrities show up in in different smaller parts in this and that's really f- fun to watch mm. actually like normally I wouldn't go for that and I'd say this is a celebrity circle jerk but in this case I actually liked seeing the celebrities pop up um I found that that kind of kept it interesting I was like oh Jeremy Irons I love seeing Jeremy Irons. Oh, Al Pacino. I love seeing Al Pacino. Selma Mm. Hayek pops up and I was like, yes. But speaking of Selma Hayek too, I feel like that storyline was... That was bizarre. Underwritten. I was kind of wondering where that relationship turned into her helping... How did they go from... Patrizia to hire... um, (laughs) So this, that in and of itself, what you just like keyed in on, the transitions of these characters was entirely absent from this film yep. mm-hmm. we have sweet gaga patrizia at the beginning of uh-huh. this you know courting him and when you, you do get the sense right off the bat that she's wowed by his money and she's definitely courting him like she's mm-hmm. chasing him and it's like okay what are her motivations but then you know they fall in love and they get yeah. married and they're at her dad's place and it's like oh maybe this is like cute and love and whatever um, but then it's like, boom, the cut. And now she's this shark. Yeah. And she's it, like, time to throw out the trash. And you're like, wait, who is this person? Yeah. Like, where were all of the steps in between? Yeah. And then that little, like, era ends with her, like, now she's an absolute chaotic madwoman. Right? Yeah. Weeping and screaming and hiring a hitman. And it's like, what? When else? did that happen? When did that happen? And so also... There was, there was nothing to... There was no real character arc so much as there was a point a a point b and a point c but even the 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 murder i didn't read in depth about this before seeing the film how was she caught 
Yeah, they yeah, don't. So know. you're it's watching. It's just like yeah. she's in the court, and yeah. then she's convicted, and you're yeah, who, wondering like, who outs her, who spills. I don't. Yeah, know how either. did they? How did they find out it was her? Why wasn't that in there? Well, I feel like this story would have benefited from being a limited series. Yeah, like American right. Crime Story, the yeah. one with Johnny Versace being murdered. Yeah, right with Darren Chris as yeah. the murderer. That was actually fantastic and compelling, and mm. not dissimilar story. Right. Really. Mm. Yeah, because they're trying to tackle so much in this film so it just becomes this yeah like sort of hitting these beats in time that they have to hit and there's no character development like I don't know anything about Adam Driver's character I don't know what that kind of who he was I don't know what anything about that person well there also wasn't a lot of Gucci in no. the house of Gucci, like how did Gucci become a fashion house? Like I actually was Cows. wondering, okay, so Gucci is already a fashion house. I thought maybe Adam Driver was, his character was actually going to be the rise of it. I had no idea how Gucci actually started. I didn't feel like I... Oh, the film does not tell us that. No, yeah. you're right. The, you have to either know that independently or do research after. You're, we are, The film is set at a point when Gucci is already so super established. Which and I think would be okay if the film had incorporated more fashion. I agree. <laughs> totally. I get that. I agree. Yeah. I do need to mention uh, Tom Ford mm. because I did find that element kind of cool. So oh, I thought exciting. that was cool too. So I didn't exciting. know I didn't know that. Like I didn't know anything well, obviously, but <laughs> also Tom Ford is such an amazing director. Right. Yeah. Oh if, my god, imagine Tom Ford directing that, that movie. Yeah. I was actually imagining if Tom Ford had directed House of yeah. Gucci. And he did watch the film mm-hmm. and has been like very vocal about his opinion on it. What did he say? He said, the film is well, I'm still not quite sure what it is exactly, but somehow <laughs> I felt as though I had lived through a hurricane when I left the theater. Was it a farce or a gripping tale of greed? I often laughed out loud, but was I supposed to? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Can um, you imagine Tom Ford? Well, now that's the film that I want to actually. After this, I was like, do you know what? That is a compelling feature film. Mm. Yeah. Give me the Tom Ford story. This young guy from Texas taking Mm -hmm. over Gucci and turning it from this really, like at that point, it was stale. Gucci was stale. Yeah. And Tom Ford literally reinvigorated the brand. Mm -hmm. Right. And like turned it into the huge, huge, huge fashion house that it is. Mm -hmm. Just imagine focusing in on just the six months of like him getting hired while then the murder happening and then having to come out with this first collection. Mm -hmm, Amazing. mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, that was not this film. Right. (laughs) And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were things that I did like about this movie like as a whole I I don't think that it worked but there were moments and scenes throughout it where I was really entertained Mm -hmm. and and intrigued Um, and the first thing that I wrote down in my notes for this film was that it felt like a stew Mm -hmm. that had too many ingredients some of the ingredients taste good and a lot of them don't yeah (laughs) and then it's also been like cooked for too long um, and it's basically inedible. <laughs> yes, I love that. That is a great analogy, Helen. Yeah. So, I mean, there is good things in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that it's inedible. Like, I'll sh- still eat that stew and it's still okay. It just, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, should have been much better and mm-hmm. needed some mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. editing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, why don't we jump right into performances? Let's do it. Okay. So, this is the house of Gaga. Yeah. This is the house of Gaga. 100%. <laughs> I mean, she's incredible. She is 
for me, what made me want to keep watching this movie, her performance, I really feel like she embodies the character and she's so fun. Like she just brings so much life to everything that she does. And, and this person is obviously very unlikable. I mean, she murdered a person, Mm -hmm. but Gaga is still likable in every second of this movie. Yeah. The thing that I appreciate about Lady Gaga above all else is just what you said earlier. Mm. Like, she never gives less than 100%. And yeah. in this, she's giving 200%. Yeah. And, but really what it is, is she is fearless. Yeah, yeah. She will go for it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. In her music, in her persona, and all of it. And in these performances. That's what's making her such a compelling actress. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what makes her so exciting to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. Because she's kind of unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Because she's just going to go for it. Right. Yeah. Honestly, watching her in this, I just was having moments where I just felt like she was like Cher. Yeah. <laughs> like Aww, like nice. Gaga could have been yeah. in Moonstruck. You know, yeah. like there was just these Cher vibes going on where the the charisma just can go back and forth from being a pop star to being a movie star to being a pop star to, you know, and she's the one breathing life into this 100%. red carpet yeah. extravaganza yeah. Oh as God, well. Yes. Yeah, just all aspects of being a star you know it the when the camera stopped rolling to make this movie it didn't stop for her she's still out there promoting the film and making it as exciting as possible Mm -hmm. yeah um jared leto i wrote that i think that jared leto should be grounded for this performance (laughs) (laughs) he needs to be grounded or put in detention or something see i don't know for uh, he (laughs) some for some strange reason, it this worked for me. Really? I liked watching Jared Leto in this. I mean, I was entertained by it, but he was in a completely different movie. Totally. The but, thing is, but, he's just in his own movie. But to, to be fair, the movie needed it. You no, know? I think that the movie always needs it. He also had a lot of like heartfelt moments in there where I felt really bad for him. He's a actually. beating heart. It's such a sad story. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. I just, I just think it's because I like secretly think Jared Little's kind of sexy. But even with that wig. Even yeah. with that wig. But I, I I do feel like every time he was on screen, I just kind of like woke up and was entertained. I mean, I was curious to see what he was going to do. Yeah. But it just did it just didn't make any sense. Like this mm-hmm. character from what I gather from what I could learn about the real person was not like this so why like why was this why was he playing it that way was he directed to do that was that his own thing like I just I'm so confused I'm sorry my dear that you just simply do not understand my art well that's that you know that it's funny because Paulo in the film people don't understand his art yeah true (laughs) you know and he just doesn't fit into the house of Gucci (laughs) but also that's not even entirely true about the character like the real person like he Mm. actually did have a success like he was the head of design at one point and like you know it just i just i'm just so it's just so weird it's just so strange and it just plays into the whole like there there are so many ideas and tones happening and genres happening in this one movie and i just don't understand yeah it was kind of like ridley scott was like okay just do what you will guys yeah you know in terms he of said acting, the same thing to my american compatriot ben affleck <laughs> in that other movie he did and I yeah did he was just like have doing? fun do what you want right okay right. so speaking of 
we had some bonkers accents in the last duel and we've got some bonkers accents in uh, House of Gucci as well. What is this bonkers? Like, like Jeremy Irons is like, has a British accent with like a touch of oregano. Like, <laughs> okay, but the, here's the thing. I didn't even notice that because I really? become so captivated by Jeremy Irons as soon as he starts speaking. Yeah, as soon mm. as I hear his voice... My jaw drops. He has one of the best voices in show business, hands down. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So he could have been doing like an Australian accent. It's just weird when it's up against Gaga's accent because hers is so committed and full. And then you've got like Adam Driver like sometimes has a little bit of an accent. Uh Jeremy Irons kind of does. Al Pacino like does, but then he's also like being a gangster at the same time and sounds like a New Yorker. Like it's just, it was, oh God, I don't know. The accents, yeah, totally, totally all over the place. None of them were in the same film at all. They weren't even, the characters weren't in the same film. I loved Gaga. I also fucking like, I also love Jared Leto in this. But only because he actually was in the film that I wanted this film to be, which was the Camp Melodrama version mm, of right. House of Gucci. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't he wasn't that wasn't this movie. So right. I'm not sure what he was doing. But Adam Driver, I need I need a reminder of why I like Adam you Driver. You gotta maybe rewatch marriage story or I something. Do. I do because like I did not like him I know, in the, I know. the other Ridley last Scott duel. one. The last yeah. duel and I did not like him in this. I needed I th- I think like okay so my first thought was oh god he has no glamour. How is he gonna be mm. this Gucci person? <laughs> And that actually does make sense with the character. He's right. kind of introverted and shy and whatever, kind of. But then he becomes that. And again, we don't see the transition of right. now. No. He's all he was so out. reluctant. He's to... all of a sudden just cold to her. And, and all of a sudden just... he just wants a divorce. And you're like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's cold and also just like, now I'm going to be Gucci. And it's like, yeah. wait, what? Like you were, this is not you. And even in that moment, I feel like he phoned in this performance too. <gasps> and uh, I don't know. He did not work for me. I, again, just found him to be very distracting, mm. too distracting for the character. I needed someone a little more like suave. Shall we get into some technical aspects? Yeah. So technically, this film also failed on a, on one major front for me. Mm. And that is the way that this film looked. Yeah. Mm. This film was dull. <laughs> and this is the least... D- you yeah. have to act... I, I was like, how did... How- we are literally in a giant palacio right. in fucking Milan. Yeah. We're in San Maritz. We're in Gucci. This is the most high fashion. Mm-hmm. You have to work hard at making mm-hmm. this dull, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this needed color. It needed style. It, it needed energy. And yeah. a lot of... No, this is a, a fashion film and there I can't remember one outfit that stood out to me. Hmm. except for Jared Leto's when he was sitting on the couch in that like (laughs) funny suit no yeah nothing Uh, there's not one because you know when you think about Spencer or you think about uh, even Isa Tammy Faye right fashion was used Mm -hmm. to give you a sense of the character and those aren't even fashion movies (laughs) uh, you know yeah yeah okay what was the last word on House of Gucci yeah, I mean, the storytelling is flawed. This is, as a whole, definitely not a great movie. I would say watch it for Gaga's performance. And the real life story is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Edison? 
the last word for me is that yeah i agree the storytelling super flawed uh it just needed a whole lot more style and glamour um but gaga is incredible in it mm-hmm. jared leto is bonkers and but i <laughs> but somehow captivating and it despite its flaws i still did enjoy watching it so i think that it's one that like yeah it's a six out of ten for me mm, yeah yeah i think that there is some enjoyment to be had with this film for sure i think the biggest disappointment is that you know that this could be better mm. yes so much better but it could also have been worse also true <laughs> so at least you get to go in and be entertained by lady gaga and have some fun moments watching jared leto <laughs> This week, we challenge ourselves to watch films that fit a particular theme. And the theme this week is Dress to Kill. This is our week in entertainment. Edison, why don't you go first? Oh, okay, sure. (laughs) Uh, For my film this week, and in keeping with the Italiano theme of the episode, Mm. I watched 1987's Opera, written and directed by Italian horror maestro Dario Argento. Oh. This movie is a wild reimagining of the classic Phantom of the Opera story. And when I say wild, I really mean wild. Oh my goodness. I I have never heard of this. I'm very interested. Yes. So the story begins when Mara Shakova, the grand diva and star of an opera production of Verdi's Macbeth, is hit by a car. And her young understudy, Betty, steps up to play the iconic role of Lady Macbeth. Hmm. And it's a runaway success. She's a huge star right off the bat. Hmm. But stagehand is murdered during her closing number. Though nobody really notices as it's way up in one of the observer boxes and it looks a bit like an accident. Mm -hmm. But Betty can't help but be fraught by the legend of the Macbeth curse. Mm -hmm. Right? Every production of the show riddled with disaster. Mm -hmm. Very soon thereafter, a masked man grabs, gags, and ties Betty to a pillar, taping needles under her eyes so she's forced to keep them open and watch as a man murders her boyfriend. Oh my god. (laughs) So that's about 15 minutes into the film. <laughs> and then the batshit crazy just escalates wow. from there. Yeah. So I picked this one because Dress to Kill... Okay, in what event in society do we absolutely must get dressed up for? The opera. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Right? And this is about killing at the opera. Mm. So I just thought it fitted well. And because of the Italian theme. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen this, Sinclair? No, but I'm definitely going to talk about something similar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, amazing. I I think that you'll love it. Mm. And I think you'll love it too. Okay, cool. This movie is bonkers, but it's <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. It's really, really fun. Cool. And so creative. My God. Talk about style. Like what we missed in House of Gucci, mm. this has all of it. This has all of the style. It's fucked. And Dario Argento is not interested in the characters. Okay. <laughs> really. Like their motivations, you know, you don't really, you're like, okay, girl, but is this really how, like, for example, Betty witnesses her boyfriend being murdered mm-hmm. and she like, ah, oh, runs outside. And then this other guy comes up and picks her up in a car and they go for a drive. And she's like, just talking casually. And it's like, yo, d- what just happened? Yeah. Um, but the film goes to a really dark place. I don't necessarily want to spoil it. Goes because... to a dark place? 
<laughs> there's little she has little bits of flashbacks throughout mm. where you're there's something in her past that's okay, a big okay. question mark um, yeah, don't spoil it because I, I won't. Watch it. Yeah, and it's actually incredibly accessible. It's free to watch in its entirety on YouTube. Oh, amazing! Okay. Yeah. So, the way that this is shot, like, there's a lot of scenes in the of the opera itself, mm-hmm. and it's Maria Callas, her performance of the Macbeth opera that you hear, and so it's astonishing. And the actress is great, and the set is so stunning. I thought that, like, visually, this film was completely breathtaking. Mm. This is, like, bright, vivid color, really gory, and it gets progressively more so. But it's also, the the deaths are all really varied. Some of the Mm -hmm. times it's from the perspective of the killer. Sometimes it's, the like, the observer, as if you're her watching it. It's just super creative. I thought this was a total wild ride. And I haven't seen many of his films, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super excited to kind of dive into them more. What did you pick, Sinclair? Okay, so this is really funny because <laughs> my owie, when I watched it, I actually was like, I need to show Edison this film. <laughs> because I was also looking for something campy and Italian and <laughs> murdery and, and passion. Amazing. Um, so I really like Jello films. Yes. And that's what this is. Yes. Jello horror. So after watching House of Gucci, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to check out one that I hadn't seen. And it's called Blood and Black Lace. Oh my God, I almost watched and that. And it's from <laughs> 1964. That's hilarious. So this has, I think, like everything that you would like in a film Mm. this is very much stylistic it's gory it's over the top and it's like filled with fashion Mm -hmm. so for anybody who doesn't know jello films are fictitious horror mystery thriller films from italy and they were really big in the 60s and the 70s and the style of the film comes from like very pulpy mystery novels that were generally just translations of British and American mystery novels. So like Agatha Christie. Mm, I love Agatha Christie. Yeah. So they were translations of those and then they just became their own genre and became like way more over the top. Cool. So basically a Jalo film has certain characteristics that are, distinguishable Mm -hmm. there's usually a murder mystery the killer is always masked Mm -hmm. wears gloves generally black (laughs) gloves black fedora and they're generally carrying a a weapon good for stabbing so all of those boxes are ticked in opera as well Mm. yeah and like uh, the same like you were saying though it's not just them using their weapon of choice. Mm. The deaths get quite creative. Mm. Sometimes, you know, they just do things on the spot. Maybe a drowning, maybe mm-hmm. a strangling. Little improvisation. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they tend to get really, really gory. And they're generally done in like a three-act structure. So usually by the third act of the film, the killer is like revealed. Mm-hmm. But B- Blood and Black Lace is... Directed by Mario Bava, who's considered like the godfather of 
uh, Jello. Okay. And yeah, another one is Dario Argento hmm. as, as well. So yeah, and this basically, this takes place in a fashion house. Hmm. One of the models are murdered hmm. by a mass killer who's wearing a, um, like a nude nylon. Okay. So it's like a faceless oh, yeah, killer. Yeah. A diary is found, which could reveal all like the secrets of the fashion house. And then people start dying one by one. Mm. And especially with this one, I watched it and I was like, this does feel like an Agatha Christie yeah. novel. Like, and then there were none. But just way more campy and way more mm. gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this film is all fashion and it's it's almost like house of gucci should have incorporated some elements from this hmm. and a lot of directors have uh taken jello films and used them as inspiration like Almodovar uses he loves blood and black lace and you can see why because the color red is so vi- vibrant and so prominent and a lot of Almodovar films use uses red in, mm-hmm. in the storytelling so you can really like see the influence of it Another aspect is the score is always all over the place. Oh, like, fuck. I <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Sorry to jump in. Yeah. But like the score in opera was insane. Yeah. It yeah. was, well, first of all, it was like beautiful operatic score for most mm. of it, except the second that the killer was about to attack, it switched to like 80s Euro synth metal. Interesting. Yeah. And it would be like, and then the killer pops out and go I was like what there's honestly some where you watch and like a murder is about to happen and it sounds like it's like an Ocean Eleven's heist right it's so strange (laughs) but yeah honestly like so much fun and I feel Mm. like I ended up getting kind of what I was missing in House of Gucci same totally yeah yeah all right, well, I am in a very different realm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I decided to watch Cruella. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <gasps> I still haven't seen this. No. Oh, I thought you did see it. No. Yes, so I did Cruella that came out on Disney Plus uh, this year, 2021. And it tells the origin story of the villain from 101 Dalmatians, Cruella DeVille. Um, this is directed by Craig Gillespie, starring Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. So Cruella, played by Emma Stone, whose birth name is Estella, is a mischievous and hard-headed child who lives a lower-class life with her mother. They decide that they are going to move to London, and they need to stop and visit uh, the house of the Baroness, who is played by Emma Thompson. We don't know why, we just know that uh, Estella's mom needs to speak to her about something. Well, in this meeting, Estella's mother tr- is tragically killed when three Dalmatians charge at her and she falls off of a cliff. Oh. So then Estella still goes to London by herself and she is an orphaned vagrant and she comes across these other two orphaned boys and then the three of them become these like thieving masterminds and grow up together and are like kind of a little family. Estella has a talent for fashion. And design, and she ends up becoming a designer at the Baroness's fashion line called Liberty. So she starts to hone her talents in fashion while also discovering that the Baroness actually ordered those Dalmatians to kill her mother. So the Baroness 
essentially killed her mom. Right. So yes. then it becomes this revenge film. Wow. Um, okay. And this is when her alter ego really comes out, which is Cruella. Mm. She comes to life. She embraces her evil side to enact revenge on the Baroness. And then I will not tell you the rest of the film. So I'm sure everybody is aware of who Cruella is, but if you're not, she is the villain in 101 Cruella Dalmatians. Cruella DeVille. Cruella Do they incorporate that song in this film at all? Uh, not until the credits, okay. but I'm going to talk a lot about the music. So the 101 Dalmatians is actually a novel that was written by Dottie Smith in 1956. She was an English novelist. The animated version was actually made in 1961. Oh, wow. I like, actually thought it was older than that. Really? Yeah. I thought it was way more recent because I thought even eighties. I I thought nineties even. Oh my gosh! But it was re-released so many times. Yeah, yeah. And that's why. Because I remember watching this as a kid, the animated version, and then there was the live-action version in nineteen ninety-one with Glenn Close. That's right. I had forgotten about that one. And Glenn Close played Cruella, and Glenn Close was actually an executive producer on this film. Um, so yeah, we're getting the origin story of this famous Disney villain. I, uh, you know, had seen trailers for this when it first came out. I was I was interested and then sort of lost interest. And I was having such a hard time picking a movie for this segment. Finally, just I searched so many different movies that I couldn't find on any streaming services. And I finally just opened Disney Plus and it was right there. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a fashion movie and she also, her character kills to dress yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dogs to make them into coats or that's her intention at least this movie is actually pretty good i would think yeah. so yeah um it it's too long it's two hours and 14 minutes it, it just it does drag but what makes this movie so good is emma stone and emma thompson emma thompson is phenomenal in this movie mm. like it's very much a devil wars prada uh Meryl character performance. okay okay it's wonderful and it's so yeah. much fun and they're both having so much fun in this movie and there is more fashion in this movie than there is in a house yes. of Gucci. Yeah. right like yeah. far more we were like, all craving it yeah so much of this movie is about them designing fashion and then the cruella character becomes a fashion designer herself and becomes like competition for the Baroness. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there's a ton of fashion in this film. And then the other thing that makes this movie incredible is the soundtrack. The yeah. soundtrack to this movie is, I, I actually couldn't believe it as I really? was watching it. It was nominated for a Grammy. What was it? I'm going to read you some of the songs. So we've got Bloody Well Right, Super Tramp, Whisper Whisper, The Bee Gees, Five to One, The Doors, Feeling Good, Nina Simone, A Whole Lot of Love, Ike and Tina Turner, Stone wow. Cold Crazy Queen, One Way or Another, Blondie, Oh my gosh. Should I Stay or Should I Go, The Clash, Come Together, not The Beatles, the Ike and Tina Turner version, but it's just like, it's set in the 70s in London. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah, it's, it's the using, punk, punk yeah. Scene. And it's and rock yeah. and awesome. Yeah. It almost feels like you're watching a music video in a really good way Yeah, mm. for the for the movie, for the whole movie. And I was trying to find a budget, like a score budget for this film. Because I'm like, this must have cost. Cost a fortune to buy the rights. So much money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find a number, but I did see Craig Gillespie talking about him saying to Disney, like, I'm going to need like, a lot of money for music <laughs> and so he directed i Tanya. Mm. and right. the music was really iconic in that movie as yes. well but also 
this is a director that I think could have done House of Gucci. Yeah, yes. totally. Yeah, and and he would say that he would write scenes with the songs in mind that he wanted, and he would play the songs on the set while they were filming. Oh, that's it. amazing! Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, this movie is really good. I really enjoyed it, and it is, you know, it's on Disney Plus. It it's appropriate for kids, but it's very entertaining for mm. adults. Oh, I'm glad that you well, did this, Helen, because I have. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I w- was curious about it and I wanted to see it when it came out just because I really love Emma Stone. Yeah. And then I've just kind of Forgot ignored it. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, that's incentivized me to check it out. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one way to end this episode and it's with a fun little game I've called Tens, Tens, Tens Across the Board. Ooh. This is a game where you will need to identify cinema's most iconic fashion moments from my description of the look. Oh, good. You'll need to name the actor and the film for one point each. If you fail, your competitor may snatch your wig and claim the points for herself. Okay. Let's start with you, Sinclair. This shocking pink strapless gown is meant to hug curves. Pair it with matching opera gloves and dazzling diamonds, and you've got a girl's best friend. Um, gentlemen prefer blondes. Marilyn Monroe. Correct, for two points. All right. <laughs> to you, Helen. Mm-hmm. Gold, gold, all I see is gold. If making the grandest entrance in the history of cinema is your goal, then cover yourself in 24K. Ornate doesn't even begin to describe the divine decadence of this golden gown. Accessorize with a matching cape and headpiece and a goddess you'll be. Elizabeth Taylor, Cleopatra. <laughs> yes. <gasps> These are too easy. No, no, I no, mean, no. I was I That sure. one was too easy. <laughs> I, I did know halfway through. Okay, okay. But also I was thinking Elizabeth Taylor because she gets mentioned in House of Gucci. Yes, okay. Sinclair. Over to you. <clears throat> this scarlet showstopper has a bejeweled bustier, ostrich feather shoulders, and plenty of southern charm. When nothing modest or matronly will do for this occasion, nobody will give a damn about anything except how gorgeous you look. This, I think, is um, Meet Me in St. Louis. Bah. Helen? Is it Scarlet O'Hara Gone with the Wind? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> so nervous. Yes. Singing Southern Charm. Like. The Scarlet Showstopper. Yeah, that's mm. what, that's what. No one will give a damn. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to give a little. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that <clears throat> the quote? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yes. Is that, okay. Also, the quote is nothing modest or matronly will do for this oh, Okay, occasion. okay, okay. Mm. So, score now. Helen, four. Mm-hmm. Sinclair, mm-hmm. two. Okay. Back to you, Helen. Great. An olive fabric bikini topped with gold armor, paired with matching cuffs, choker, and even a golden hair tie to hold your braid. If you're modest, don't worry, you've got a bit of fuchsia fabric flowing from your belt. I guess if there's one silver lining to being held prisoner by an oversized slug, it's this iconic look. (laughs) Well, it's uh, Princess Leia, but uh, Carrie... uh, Dude, come on. um, I can't even think of her name now. You might be able to steal... And is it Return of the Jedi? Is that the... I don't even know which movie it is. It's fine. Star Wars is fine. Okay. Uh, uh, ca- ca- Carrie Fisher. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Fuck. I couldn't think of her last name. All right. Oof. Sinclair, to you. 
Take a red gown with a sweetheart neckline and pair it with white opera gloves, and it might make you think of Christmas. But you'd be making a huge mistake if you <laughs> thought this look was more costume and less couture. This lady ain't no tramp. She's a vamp. You you know this. Do you want me to read it again? Yeah, read it again. Take a red gown with a sweetheart neckline and pair it with white opera gloves, and it might make you think of oh, Christmas. Oh, this is... Um... But you'd be yeah, making... Yeah, this is Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Woo. All right. 6-4. Over to you, Helen. Mm. This slinky, flowy, impossibly glamorous slip-style emerald gown was so instantly iconic it made everyone else green with envy. Uh, Kira Knightley Atonement? Yeah. Ooh, all right. I'm doing far better at this than I expected. <laughs> I'm not the fashion one. No, I me neither. <laughs> um, Sinclair to you. No dress in cinematic history has ever struggled so hard to contain the bountiful bosom of its wearer. <laughs> if your goal is to embody the fountain of youth and beleza, this black strapless gown is your ticket to eternity. This is perhaps the most iconic image of Italian glamour ever captured in film. Um... The, Do- the Dolce Vita? Yes. And do you know the actress's name? Is it Sophia Loren? It is n- oh. not. It's Sorry. Anita Ekberg. Oh, I don't know who that is. No. Oh. I know it's Dolce Vita. <laughs> the Phantom. The Fountain. Oh, okay. Um, okay, one point to Sinclair. And thus wraps up the game. Helen, yeah. you win. Th- those are really good. Well written. Thank ten, you. Ten, ten, yeah. ten. Tens across Tens the board. across the board. Actually, it was an eight and a four. Five. Yeah. <laughs> or an eight and a five. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was very fun. Thank I like you. that. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Tweet at us at TMTM Podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Our website is talkmovietomepodcast.com. And if you so wish, become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash talkmovietome. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Ciao. Father, son, and house House of of Gucci. Gucci. That was good. That Uh, moment was was good. (laughs) 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 (laughs)